0: Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. This is Ebenezer. Uh, Mickey, my co-host, will not be joining us today. Uh, He's got some things that came up. Yo, this is the third episode he's missed out on. He's missing out on some really great conversations. Uh, I don't know the rate he's going at. He might just get kicked out of Shaping the Culture, yo. He just missed way too many. Uh, But like I say every episode, I am excited about this one. We got an exciting episode for you guys today. Uh, it's going to be good. I think like uh, it's a it's a, it's a a conversation we need to have, we must have. Um, and so, yeah, we'll get into that. Just want to give a shout out to everybody that uh, tuned in to last week's episode with Christ Connect with Sam and I uh, just got a lot of feedback with that, and uh, people really enjoyed it. And, uh, man, your love and appreciation means the most, man. It really... You know, encouragement, I I always tell people encouragement is something supernatural. It just goes a really, really long way. And so it just motivates us to continue doing this and continue working at this and continue uh, just dropping episodes, giving you guys content, and even helps us stay motivated to be consistent as well. So thank you guys for the love and support. It means a lot. I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it. Um, Hope all is well, by the way. I hope whoever's listening right now, you're doing well. Hope all is well with you. Uh, Right now we are, I always, I gotta break down the weather every episode, but I just, you know, it's tradition now. It's cold, y'all, in Minnesota right now. It is cold. I woke up and it was 22 degrees, yo. I literally brought out my winter jacket. Um, I'm currently looking out the window in my apartment and it's snowing. And I, um, I'm fighting for joy. So please keep us in your prayers. Let me just actually share a revelation. Actually, I uh, woke up this morning discouraged and upset. And um, I, you know, I, I've been learning this about myself. But you know, even when it comes to you know, when it comes to different seasons spiritually. But you know, even when it comes to seasons in actual, like like real life, like the the season of winter, right? This is the season that we're in. Um, I've realized I worship my season more than I do God. Meaning, uh, if if it's cold out, it's gonna affect my mood. If it's cold out. It will affect the way I think and process. It will affect the way I engage with people. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. God is still on his throne, whether it's storming or raining or it's snowing, Uh, whether things went my way or not, whether or not I have to put on my winter jacket. God deserves my worship. God deserves my obedience. And so uh, wherever you're at right now, you might be in L.A. enjoying the sun. Everything is going well. Um, as far as the weather is concerned, but just an encouragement to don't let don't let your worship be circumstantial. God has a reason; we always have a reason to worship God. God um, has given us given us enough reason to be faithful to Him. Uh, his love uh, should endure no matter what it is that we're facing. And so, I I literally had to speak life into myself today. I was I was listening to a leadership podcast with uh, Chad Beach and Rich Wilkerson Jr. today. And uh, Rich Wilkerson Jr. said something so profound. It really stuck with me. He was talking about how um, we have to sometimes listen to ourselves less and talk to ourselves more. Meaning, if, if, if we were actually to pay attention to our thought life like how many toxic things do we tell ourselves, (laughs) right? Like we always talk about like escaping toxic friendships, communities, toxic environments, but we don't know how toxic we are ourselves. And so there has to come a time where we just stop listening and start speaking, right? Start preaching to ourselves, start uh, proclaiming the promises of God over our lives and uh, reminding ourselves what we believe and who who we believe and why we're uh, why we are um, created and why God has us here and what God is doing in us and you know really preaching the big picture to us really helps and so uh, watch your thought life right so yeah I'm I'm ecstatic for today we're gonna be talking about I mean you know every episode I think we try to talk about something um, you know uh, co- not controversial but something that is necessarily not communicated within the church or talked about at church, and uh, I know growing up this was definitely something that wasn't communicated uh, to me and how to think about it rightly and biblically. Uh, we're gonna be talking about politics today, y'all. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna confess my sin right off the bat. I'll just be really real with you guys. Uh, I don't really care for politics, all right? I don't really... I Voting, you got to really, like, <laughs> you really got to motivate me. Um, but, you know, the older I'm getting, and even the people I'm surrounding myself around, and even, um, even conversations that are being had, I'm, like, really realizing the responsibility that we have to engage civilly. Um, As believers, you know, and um, I'm excited about our guest today. He's an attorney. Uh, He is co-founder and president of the and campaign um and uh just a quick story the ann campaign if you don't know what it is y'all need to go check that out the ann campaign was very instrumental in helping me understand and thinking rightly about politics and the reason why it's called the ann campaign is because um as you know maybe you don't know all right <laughs> let's <laughs> i i hope you know that not one party represents all of christianity right like <laughs> To be Christian does not mean to be Republican, and for my minorities to be Christian does not mean to be Democrat. I don't know if you knew that, but I hope you understand that. Um, but the AND campaign, um, you know, their their heart and their mantra is: we're going to take, you know, the 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 convictions of the right and the compassions of the left, and we're going to marry those two together. Right? We're not as believers one party we can't identify as one party there're going to be conversations we're going to side with the right on there're going to be conversations we side with the left on right but but really how do we navigate politically as a believer how do we as christians representing the heart and the kingdom of god Vote. How do we, as Christians and citizens of the Kingdom of God, trying to bring the Kingdom down? um, How do we engage in social justice conversations? How do we engage in uh, with conversations that has to do with abortion or uh, the you know with our for like people that aren't from this country, right? Uh, How do we deal with border control? How do we deal, right? All these different things. Um, you know when it, when it when it comes to money right when it comes to um, our economy like what what is the way um, and, and how do we glorify God in the way we go about things. And so I'm excited about the episode today. And uh, the, the guy that's joining us today, his name is Justin Gibney. He'll be with us in just a second. And so, yeah, I, I really um, encourage those that are listening to really listen, right? Not to just listen, but hear, right? Uh, not let this information go in one ear and come out the other. Um, to really think critically about these things and really um, take seriously some of the things that we're going to be talking about, um, because we do have a responsibility. I, I feel like if our heart isn't um, mission-focused, right focused, if, it's not, if we're really not trying to bring the kingdom down, if we're not aiming to make disciples, if we're not aiming um, to see uh, God's heart on earth, um, then I-, I guess this conversation doesn't matter, right? But then on the flip side too, like there are serious implications to uh, what happens in politics in our lives. Like I mean, we had midterm elections this past week. I hope you voted. But some of the some of the people that got voted in, right? That that's gonna affect the way I live my life, person, like tangibly, right? And so. Uh, one way or the other we're going to be affected by what goes on in the political world and so we should be aware of what's going on and we should be engaging as well all these things are very very much so important so um yeah so we got justin with us so justin how are you doing today i doing well i need to have a stuff. I'm doing well. I just want to thank you for joining us on our podcast. It means a lot. No, it's my pleasure. For sure, for sure. Well, just to get started here, let me just ask you this. Um, We know you are co-founder and uh, president of the AND Campaign. And so for those who don't know what the AND Campaign is, uh, what is it? How would you describe it? campaign is an
1: organization that's mission is, that, is to help Christians see politics and engage politics differently, also mm. a culture. Uh, we want Christians not to enter into the political conversations or cultural conversations thinking that they have to go all the way to the left yeah. or all the way to the, to the right. Uh, we wanted us to know that because the gospel is about love and truth, compassion and conviction, that there's some, there's some good things that uh, we will agree with uh, on the left and there may be some things on the right that we agree with but yeah. we know our identity and we shouldn't be uh, what how we interact with the political state it shouldn't be based on any ideology or any party, political party now that doesn't mean that you can't
0: participate but yeah. what the hand campaign is saying is that you have to be Christian first yeah. be confident in being Christian yeah. and act that way in the public square that's so good man, that's so needed um, how how did the end campaign get started? Uh, what led to the birth of the end campaign? Yeah, so uh, that kind of goes into this my background a little bit. So yeah. I'm a, I'm, a
1: uh, I'm attorney by trade, okay. and I've been running campaigns and been a political operative here in Atlanta for about a decade, over a decade now, almost. And uh, so in, in doing that, in urban politics. You know, I started, well, I really didn't enjoy being involved. I started to realize that I was being pushed further and further to the left as the years went by mm. um, because I was in a very, quote-unquote,
0: progressive space. Yeah. And, you
1: know, some of the candidates who I was managing their campaign, they were getting pushed to the right. They weren't kind of pushed to the left. They weren't really comfortable with it. And it didn't really make sense because the people that I went to church with, a lot of my friends, we just weren't that... Uh, liberal, mm. right? It wasn't that we did agree on a lot of things. I mean, I am a Democrat, but I don't, you know, on a lot of social issues, I'm a Christian, and so there's been yeah. some things on the left that I disagree with. Yeah. But it didn't seem that there was any opportunity for disagreement, and mostly what I discovered, it was because the folks who were more centered in their social views in the urban space mm. uh, weren't organized and all the money and the, you know, the, money, the resources in the organization was on the, was on the extreme left. Yeah. And, but, but at the same time, I was realizing that some of my friends who were Republicans, who were more centered in their views and, and maintained their Christian compassion, were, were feeling the same way. And okay. so I got up with a guy through uh, a beautiful friend named Joe Baraka, who a music artist that most people probably know of
0: yeah. a pastor
1: here. Atlanta named Angel Maldonado a Puerto Rican brother, and we said, "Man, we need to create something so that Christians engage politics in a better way." Yeah. Because it was our it was it was our thought that Christians should engage politics because we think politics is really a, a good tool for love, loving our neighbor. Yeah. And a good way to be influential on society to say, "Hey, we we'll take care of people, and we also need to have values that help us all out." Yeah. Um. And so, how can we do that? So we started playing around with messaging, and we came up with the end campaign, which literally A and D means compassion and
0: conviction. Yeah. That
1: we wouldn't go into the public square and go all the way to the left because if we went all the way to the left, we'd be surrendering our compassion. We mm. wouldn't go all the way to the right because if we did that, we'd surrender our uh, convi- I'm sorry, we can surrender our convictions on the left and surrender our compassion. Right. Yeah. And so, based on Ephesians four
0: fifteen, mm. understanding
1: that the gospel the gospel
0: is about love and truth. That's good, man. We knew that we had to go into the public square and speak about both. That's good. That's so good. Um It's it's needed. I I, I mean, I've you know communicated with you and kind of told you how the and campaign has been very instrumental in helping me understand that because I lived in that tension too and that not really knowing how to navigate that in end campaign kind of gave me some yeah. clarity in, in, in going about that space. Um, I, I had a question. I mean, this week has been pretty crazy uh, with all the midterm elections and uh, the primaries and whatnot. And I, I mean, you're in Atlanta right now, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Have you guys... Uh, kind of like come to a conclusion, or are they still counting votes, or what's that looking like right now? Yeah, so they're still counting votes. In fact, I think because military
1: votes don't have to
0: get here until Friday, yeah, it won't be until tomorrow
1: or after where they don't actually know what the exact vote
0: was. And so, uh, you're talking about the governor's race between David yeah. Abrams and Brian Kemp. Yeah, and that was so close that they couldn't call it. The- and okay.
1: so they're still counting the votes. It looks like if it stays the way that it is, then Brian Kent will win without a mm. runoff. But if he doesn't, if, if, because there were three candidates, if one of the candidates doesn't get 50 plus one vote, then he goes into a runoff. And so the top two candidates would have to run for another month.
0: Okay. Um, and that's a, uh, one of the rules, that's one of the laws in, in Georgia that's specific to Georgia. Okay. Bad. <laughs> dope, dope. Um. I, you know, I, one thing I really wanted to ask you, especially in light of all that's been going on this week, is how important do you think it is for a Christian uh, to vote?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's extremely important. But not only is it important to vote, it's important
0: to be civically engaged, which is more than just voting. Mm. And I think even, even some of us who vote we just wait until the vote and that's all we do yeah but if we're going to start with
1: voting yes uh it's important to be informed uh it's important to to just engage because again elections have real consequences
0: for people it yeah. could be it could
1: be the difference between somebody having health care or not having
0: health care wow. yeah. it could be the difference
1: between you know a young lady being that abortion is the only option or, or, or seeing that there is there are other options better options. I mean, these have real consequences that affect people's lives. And so we should be engaged. But in order to truly engage, we have to have um, institutions that we're supporting that that can inform us. Because the truth of the matter is, your average person doesn't have time to go through all this stuff themselves. And so the AM campaign wants to be a resource to make it easy for you to be aware of what's going on, to make it easy for you to have an on-ramp to get into advocacy and join with the rest of the body.
0: because yeah. you know,
1: that's the other thing. Advocating by yourself is just not as effective. We know that as Christians we're supposed to work as a body, and so we should work as a body. In civic too, we should hold each other accountable Yeah, make sure that we're all engaged in the right way. The other thing is if we engage with other groups without our identity, and I've seen this happen a lot, mm. we take on the other group's identity, right? Wow. So. You know, we can have what we call co belligerents which are people who are, may not be Christian, but that they are fighting for issues that are important to us, and we can join with them yeah. kind of in a, on an ad hoc level and work with them. That's a good thing. But what seems to happen oftentimes, because Christians don't go in without confidence in their own identity and confidence
0: mm. in their own beliefs, mm. they
1: take on the identity of others. So, for yeah. instance, I think a lot of what Black Lives Matter did was hope. Uh, not all of it was, though. And so instead of us going in and working uh, with them on stuff that we agreed on, you saw a lot of brothers and sisters go into those conversations and completely take on that identity, which on police brutality, uh, yeah, we can agree, but there were other issues yeah. brought into that that just weren't
0: biblical. Yeah. And it was, it
1: was unfortunate that a lot of brothers and sisters got caught up in those other issues. Yeah. When if we really had our own organization, not our, our identity, we'd be confident
0: enough not to have to do that. For sure, for sure. I mean, just going off of what you just said, um, how does somebody engage then? Like for us in Minnesota here, we don't have the AND campaign um, here. Uh, how do we engage with, I mean, would you just suggest like the church rallies around this and have the church community really um, be present in a lot of these different situations and um, just things? Or, yeah, it sounds like you and I need to talk about creating a cha- chapter in Minneapolis. I mean, that, that may be the easiest way to go about it. <laughs> for we sure. have
1: chapters in Memphis, Chicago, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, we're working on one in Miami, L.A., uh, okay. all that stuff. So so that's one way to go about it. If you don't have a chapter, you have something that's more urgent because that I'll be taking time for vetting and just establishing everything the proper way. Yeah, get some friends. Get some people who are interested that you know share your thing for value.
0: Yeah. Talk
1: about the issue. Say, and you may say, look, we um, we need to go to the city council meeting, you know,
0: once a month and just make sure we know what's going on, just yeah. show our presence so that they know that we care. Yeah. Well, people
1: don't realize we tend to focus so much on federal, you know, uh, national politics that we miss the fact that it's really the local and state level that has the most direct impact mm. on us. And the truth of the matter is, Ebenezer, if you were to organize... Five to ten people to go to the city council on a regular basis. You could get some serious things done Wow. if those people were committed to going up there. Because what people know is that politicians listen to the people who are in the, who are in their faces, paying
0: attention and being vi- vigilant. Yeah.
1: Um. And so, if they know you're being vigilant and you're you're counting votes and you're seeing who's doing what, they're going to be asked to to respond to you. And so
0: we take for granted how yeah. important local politics are. That's getting. That's real. That's real. Um, going back to voting just for a second, you know, um, you know, when I was voting um, on Tuesday, um, I, you know, you you definitely value and like one candidate over the other and you definitely want one person in there more than you want the other. Um, but how do we like vote knowing that both parties celebrate and tear down what we believe as Christians? Like, how do we kind of like? Because there was a part of me that felt like I was compromising, but I it was just like choosing the lesser of two evils. Almost, um, how do you reconcile that, or how do you go about that? Yeah,
1: and that's often often the case. I mean, just none of these sides are perfect, and hopefully, as we get involved earlier on in the process, we can get candidates that reflect our values better Yeah. but for the time when we don't have that option uh, we actually put out a voter guide and I don't know if you saw a voter guide which is questions you should ask, like it's for small groups for questions you should ask in before you vote yeah. so how is this going to affect uh, my family, how is this going to affect my community yeah. how, what effect is this, uh, this candidate going to have on culture and that helps you decide which one to
0: choose for but sure. even when you
1: choose them and here's what we missed at the even when you choose them, it doesn't mean that you're endorsed, automatically endorsing everything they do. Mm. what I would tell people, when you have to vote for somebody that you disagree with on Thursday, vote for them and then be very vocal about what you don't agree with and very vocal
0: about mm. how you're going to hold them accountable, Yeah. right? So, it's a, so if you vote for somebody who's a Democrat,
1: say, I voted for this person because of these issues, but I want people to know, and it's better to say it with a group, right? And again, this is where a group is more impactful. Um, but you come out and say it's a group and maybe you put a statement out to say we do not want this candidate to go too far uh, when it comes to uh, taking away abortion restrictions but we don't want this person to go too far on some other issue so that they know I voted for you yeah. it is not an endorsement of all your
0: issues That's good. and yeah.
1: rarely do we do that usually what we do is we choose a side we treat them like our
0: champion and mm-hmm. we just support them through whatever else because we just want them to beat the other side that is not the way to be effective in politics. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that that's definitely helpful. Thank you for answering that. Um, quick quick question. So I you know, the last few years have been pretty hectic as far as what's been going on in the political world and it's kind of bled into the churches. And I, I don't I don't know if it's the the political climate that's made a lot of the division but there has been a lot of division within the body of Christ. Um, How do we as believers um, work in unity and work together with people we disagree with politically? Um, Quick story before... That's a very good question. I I think it starts with having a perspective on the whole...
1: having the full picture, right? So people come into politics and they say, because I disagree with you on this very serious issue... I don't want to talk to you. I don't like you because you're just a bad person. Yeah. And that's just a very immature or overly um, emotional way to go about it. Most of the issues that we are serious about is because they, they have serious consequences. But yeah. so we can't just say that only on the issues that don't matter so much I'm going to be civil. No, we have to be mature enough to say I'm going to be civil on every issue, but I'm also going to be informed and articulate on that issues. Yeah. So I think the best way to work with people that you disagree with is trying to find common ground, Yeah. being respectful, hearing them out, and admitting when your side is wrong. Mm. You know, I, I, like I said before, I'm, I'm a Democrat, but I'm pretty into, a very independent Democrat just because of some of my other views. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that I found to be effective with, with people who are Republicans or otherwise is admitting where Democrats go wrong, coming into the conversation like, you know, you're right. We could do that better, and I actually disagree with them on that. Mm. that gives you credibility to have an open conversation yeah. but usually what we do is we go in there trying to defend our tribe and not wanting to admit that we've done, we done anything wrong almost as if that that means we would lose ground Right. and that's just the wrong way to go about it
0: yeah, yeah. we have
1: to be able to talk to people who we disagree with not on the small issues but on some very serious issues and we have to have the emotional
0: maturity mm. to do that in a civil manner that's good Yeah, I mean that it's just been tough the last couple years because um, people feel betrayed. Like I was, um, you know, I I was meeting with some friends last night, and um, you know, they they were just kind of they go to like a predominantly white church and just kind of hearing some of the things that they had to say um, in regard to politics and their people group. Like she was uh, from Mexico, it really like. It really hurt her, and even made her wanna leave the church altogether. And so, I just, you know, how how do we like, you know, being emotionally mature is definitely a key aspect. But how is how do we know when too much is too much, or how do we know where this is something we should engage in, and this is just no benefit at all? There, there, this conversation is going nowhere. Yeah, you no, know, that, that's
1: very good. You know when to cut off a conversation, right? Because what, what I'm hearing is that the other person is considerate. If the other person isn't being emotionally mature, we have to know when a, in a conversation is, is becoming toxic. Okay. Um, that's not when we disagree. That's when people aren't listening and aren't being considerate. Mm. And so, yeah, there's definitely situations that you have to walk away from. Yeah. There are people in groups that you may have to walk away from after a certain amount of time, after you've been after you've tried to make it work. That's yeah. something that you, there's no bright line rule for that. This is something you have to spill out. But we do want to watch just be hypersensitive about an issue. Yeah. These are serious issues. Learn as much as you can about it. Get the facts and try to articulate the facts yeah. in a way that people understand. But also lean on the you know, the ultimate decider the ultimate decider of what's right and wrong for us is the gospel. Yeah. And so we have to go to the book with an open heart and let the Holy Spirit work on us to tell us what is right. Once we have that understanding we know the good we know the good book lead on that to explain to people why this is important i recently gave an apologetic to uh, a lot of white evangelicals on why justice was very important Mm. um and it and it it actually was fairly successful you know recently there was a group of white evangelicals who put out a statement saying why we shouldn't really engage in social justice issues and i just i just continue to get get that on the gospel. And what people don't realize, and one of the things we have to be articulate about is that there are a lot of people that take their political ideology and think that it's biblical theology. And I think in a lot of ways, some white evangelicals have done that. So my argument has been, you're mistaking what is really a political argument for a biblical argument. You're you're taking what has uh, placed you and kept you in power and making it something that the Bible defends that it does not defend. I mean, whether you're in Isaiah, whether you go to Luke in the New Testament, Old Testament, wherever you go, there's always a conversation about justice. Yeah. No one will deny that we have a just God. So if we have a just God, and this is a God that uh, uses us to accomplish his end, then of course he would want us to be a part of justice.
0: Yeah. Because if it's his ends, then that only makes sense. Now, where I do give
1: some more conservative Christians, uh, where I do... Uh, give them some uh, merit to what they're saying is that some people do take the social justice conversation to go too
0: far yeah. and
1: apply it to issues that just aren't biblical. So I get the, I get the hesitancy there, but that doesn't mean that we walk away from justice altogether. I tend to think that if you see somebody doing uh, justice the wrong way or you see them with a distorted uh, version of justice, the answer is not to walk away from justice. Yeah. Just to give them an example of, of a better way to do it. And we just have failed to do that in a lot of ways. But it's hard. And when we put it in perspective, it's just like evangelism or anything else. People aren't automatically going to listen. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, if
1: you think about when I when Isaiah got his commission, Isaiah was among people who were not being righteous. They weren't being just. He said he looked around and nobody was even standing up for justice at all. Yeah. And, and God told him in his commission just do what i told you to do Mm. isaiah asked god well how long do i have to do it and god's like you you may have to do it so everything is destroyed it doesn't matter (laughs) yeah you're my child you just do it because it glorifies me yeah and that's what we have to get because when we start thinking that it's us who change people that's humanism that's not christianity
0: yeah that's gonna do this thing
1: and we fight for justice because it glorifies god and we have to keep that
0: in perspective. for sure for sure That's so good, man. You said a lot of good things there. Um, I I once heard you say, I think I was like watching a YouTube video, and you were saying that it was important for us to vote um, our values, and you were saying how everybody votes from their value system, right? And I never thought about it like that. I didn't really... I, I thought I was the only one voting my values, or I thought I was the only one who had a view on things due to my values. But really, everybody has a perspective due to their values. And so I, I guess my next question for you would be, um, how do we, how, what, what's the relationship between the church and the state? Like, how do we marry those two? And how do we, I don't know, how, how can we walk in a way that's honoring God, not compromising our value system, but it doesn't get too pol- political? I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I hear what you're saying. Um, At the
1: end of the day, when we say that you should apply your values, because the truth of the matter is this, there is no law that's ever been put into, uh, no no legislation that's put into law that doesn't have values behind it. So to create a law, somebody's values are being applied, right? So the idea that we shouldn't apply values doesn't make sense. But at the same time, Christians are not here to coerce people into doing everything we want them to do either, yeah. um, and so we're not trying to create a theocracy. Mm. really, I think our policy should be based on human dignity so in matters of human dignity, and so this is why we have something to say about abortion, this is why we have something to say about criminal law, This is, I mean criminal justice, this is why we have something to say about police brutality, yeah. it's a matter of human dignity, and so in those matters of human dignity, we should apply our faith because we're saying that everyone is in the image
0: of God. Yeah. We shouldn't
1: create laws that say that everybody has to go to church on, on Sunday, right? right? Or that you know, every tenant of the Bible you need to follow it. I'm not here to coerce you. I'm here to try to persuade you yeah. that God has something better for you, right? So that's really the difference. If we can't articulate what we believe into why it is good for everyone, why it creates human flourishing generally, right.
0: then we shouldn't talk about it.
1: Well, every Christian tenet is not something you legislate, but when it comes
0: to human dignity and the mm. values that, that are, are that help with human flourishing, those things you need to apply to the public square. That's so good. So then would you say then that um, if it doesn't have to do with the human flourishing or human dignity that it's not something Christians should, you know, take heed to or make a big deal out of? Yeah, and
1: I don't want to be legalistic about it, but that's a general way to think
0: about it. Right? Sure. So there may be some other things that
1: we can talk about and that we may speak out on. Right? But generally, it's the human flourishing aspect that we're going to say, well, the Bible says this, and so that's why it's important to us. There are other issues that we should talk about, but we should also know when there are issues that the Bible doesn't talk about specifically. Okay. Just, so sometimes we try to bring up issues that we want, but
0: the mm-hmm. Bible doesn't necessarily say much about
1: it. So you and I, Ebenezer, can always disagree on the marginal tax rate.
0: Okay. Right? Yeah.
1: But I can't say the Bible says the marginal tax rate should be, you know, uh, 20%, right? Yeah. I just can't say that. Now yeah. I may have personal views and I can vote on
0: those views, but yeah. I can't use the Bible to say this is why it should be this way. That's so good. So, do you, let me ask you this then. Do you think that a lot of our disagreements are not necessarily on the conversation about human dignity, or do you think that? a lot of our disagreements are rooted in some real biblical principles. Some of them are related in, in, in
1: biblical principles because we've let partisanship and ideology get in the way of what the principle really is. So our disagreement about justice is certainly a disagreement about human dignity to some extent. But it's not because we're taking it straight from the Bible. We've allowed some other things to come in and kind of blur or obscure what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, and so... It's about many things, and some of them are human dignity related, but here's what the AND Campaign is trying to do. Yeah. The AND Campaign is trying to move all this hyper-partisanship and ideological purity out out of the way, to say, let me expose to you why this isn't physical. So let's get mm-hmm. this out the way on the left, let's get this out the way on the right. Let's look at the, our shared physical principles. Let's go back to the gospel, let's go back to the Bible, and yeah. look what it really says. And now we see what we have in common and those are the things we need to join hands on. But it does take some
0: time to debunk some of these things that that have been presented as biblical that aren't really biblical. For sure. That's so good, man. Well thank you a lot. Um I I just wanna end off with this question. You know, um the the context in which I come from um you know I I I mean I've talked to you about this a little bit too we we are kind of misled in a lot of ways, and um, a lot of us either don't really care for what goes on in the political world, or just go about it wrongly. What what would what would be your advice for Christians and how we should engage civilly? Yeah, so, so let me first say this, brother. And I appreciate your
1: honesty and, and um, you know your humility in saying that every Christian context and culture has its blind spots mm-hmm. right? And so I, I talk about the blind spots of my tradition and other people should talk about their blind spots the problem is when you don't look and try to reach out to others to see what your blind spots are so I, Ebenezer I, I appreciate you for taking the time to do that and realize that those blind spots are there if more yeah. Christians did that uh, we wouldn't be in a better place so, so thank you for that yeah, um, for sure. but in, in, in general we know that we're supposed to love our neighbor like we love ourselves
0: Yeah. And
1: if your child is going to a school where they're mistreating your child, you're not going to leave them there. You're going to go to the school and make sure things
0: change or you're going to take them out. If your
1: child is drinking water that has lead in it, you're not going to sit there and not hold people accountable for that. Yeah. Nobody's going to just sit there and do that. Yeah. If you would do that for your child, yeah. Based on the gospel and based on the great, you know, based on this this commandment, then you're gonna do that for others mm. if you love them like you love yourself. Yeah, that's good. If you love them like God loves you, then you're gonna do that for them also. And so even the people in these, you know, conservative churches or these other churches that say they don't believe in, in social justice and all that, yes they do.
0: <laughs> it's just a matter of
1: who they believe in it for. Wow.
0: Because they're
1: not gonna watch their brother or their sister be falsely in prison. Wow. Well so that means you believe in justice. And that means that you shouldn't allow that to happen to somebody else. So it's really just about applying what we would want for ourselves and the people we care about to everybody, and that's not just Christians. Um, And so that's why politics is important, because it's a huge tool, and it should always be seen as a tool and not a master. It's a huge tool that we can use to help with human flourishing, to, to show that we are actively socially concerned,
0: and to love our neighbor. And that's it. I mean, it's really not more complicated. Yeah, that's so good. Man, I just, just got to have ask one more question. I'm sorry. Um, based off of what you just said, do you think those that um, don't necessarily engage with that mindset in politics, you, you don't see them loving their neighbor in other spheres of life as well? Like, it's, it's that's just, politics is just one aspect that they're not loving their neighbor, but also in different arenas of life, that that's not showing up?
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and it's hard to say. I don't want to say one thing about anyone. Right.
0: I mean, people are different
1: and, and not monoliths, and so we have to keep that in, uh, in mind. Yeah. But a lot of times, yeah, there's a harshness. Um, sometimes we've hardened our heart to one particular issue, and it is hard to, to show love to, to people across the track because we have some narrative about them. That, um, that we, you
0: know, that we just can't get past. Yeah. And I always tell people that one of the greatest things about the Civil Rights Movement yeah. is that the Civil Rights
1: Movement understood the importance of changing systems and changing institutions that were
0: unjust. Yeah. But there was something even more important than that, Ebenezer. What
1: they understood was that was secondary making sure that your opposition didn't change you.
0: Mm. And they didn't change your
1: spirit. That... Nothing that your opponent or enemy did, no matter how much they hated you or yeah. how much they did to you, nothing could make you hate them.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. that that was the biggest thing. Because you could win policy, you could win and change systems, but if you allowed your opponent to make you hate them, then you were no longer acting as a
0: Christian man. Yeah. Because that spiritual component was more important than the other stuff. Not That's so good. the other stuff. Yeah. and
1: so when we allow ourselves to dehumanize others because the only way that you can look at somebody's pain and we can't do everything but the only thing way you can look at somebody's pain and not want to do something about it is if you're not looking at them the same way that you look at yourself yeah. and yeah. so we can't even dehumanize the people that dehumanize us mm. and so we must try to do what we can do to help people out and it's hard but as a group I think
0: we can do a lot because we serve a God that is, that is able Absolutely, that's so good, man. Well, thanks once again for joining us on this podcast. I that the one time you came to Minnesota, I, I must, I have to tell you that that spoke to my soul. You're just a phenomenal speaker, and you know how to really like communicate what you believe in. Um, I just left feeling encouraged and empowered, and so thank you for all that you're doing and fighting. Uh, not for the just for the sake of fighting, but for the gospel, for the sake of the gospel and really uh, letting your identity in Christ kind of drive all that you guys are doing. And so, and thank you. I, I've learned a lot from you, so much from you. And so thank you for just joining us on this podcast and shedding some light. Uh, it's my pleasure. And Ebenezer, let me tell you, your testimony, you come into me after that event to tell me how it impacted you. Has encouraged me. Wow. So uh,
1: that, that's one of the testimonies that, that I
0: lean on when I'm talking to people. And mm. uh, I, appreciate, was, was, I appreciate your open heart and hearing it and just your commitment to the gospel. I appreciate you, brother, and keep on keeping on. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Hopefully, we'll get you on again sometime in the f- near future. <laughs> Let's do it, brother. For sure. Well, thank you. Have a great rest of your evening. You do the same. Take care. Yeah, you too. Well, there you have it, um, Justin Giboney, uh Such a a humble dude, um, knowledgeable, um, passionate, and driven. And uh, I, I enjoy that brother a lot. I hope you learned a couple of things uh, listening to this. I listen. I, I know this is, you know, we didn't really, um, you know, you can't answer every question or get into every question with these podcast episodes, but. I really do hope that after listening to this, it just inspires you to have conversations with friends, maybe with your pastors. Uh, Feel free to reach out to us and have conversations with us as well. Um, We just want to get the conversation going. And you know, I, as I said earlier, you know, as I just grow or older, I just feel the sense of responsibility as a believer to really engage civilly. Something Justin really said that stuck out to me is. Yo, we do this because we love our neighbor. The, this idea where if we don't want our neighbors being treated, or if we don't want our children or our friends, right, or our parents or um, people we love dearly being treated unjustly, we we would get involved. And so how much more for others, right? Just because it doesn't touch us immediately or nobody in our circle gets affected doesn't mean that we shouldn't fight for those Um, that are being um, affected by these things. And uh, I just just really encourage you guys, and my prayer for you guys is that your love for people may grow, that you, um, like as Justin said, you use politics as a tool to love people like Jesus loved us, um, and and to really start engaging um, politically, right, that this is our responsibility. And so, yeah, again, Uh, I ain't got all the answers. I try to bring on people that I think are way smarter than me and have uh, more wisdom than me. And so I know I'm going to continuously be talking to Justin. He's a bright individual. And so thank you for joining Shaping the Culture this week. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next week. Until then, peace and love.